Kiara, Nihao, and hello. Welcome to the Chewy Journal podcast. I'm your host, Camille Yang. My guest today is Chen Xiufan, also known as Stanley Chen. He's an award-winning Chinese science fiction writer. His fiction, described it as a science fiction realism, focuses on the internal struggles of individuals during times of accelerated change. And recently, Chen Qiufan collaborated with Kai Fu Li to co-write and publish a novel called AI 2041. In today's episode, we talk about some technologies mentioned in the book. Sci-fi writers in Web3, Chaoshan culture, and Chinese philosophy and metaphysics. I hope you enjoy the show. I'd like to start with the book you co-wrote with Kai Fu Li, AI 2041. Can you walk me through the journey of making this book? How did you come up with the idea to co-write together? Thanks for having me here, and、um, this book is a very、um, unconventional collaboration. So, because me and Doctor Kai Fu Li, we had overlapping time back in the day when we worked for Google, and I think it was twenty nineteen before the pandemic. He reached out to me and talking about this idea, a collaboration. Is like a, a very unusual format,、uh, blending science fiction with nonfiction together. Because he used to be a very successful bestseller author, AI superpower, but he thinks that、uh, maybe storytelling is more attractive、uh, to younger generation. So, like science fiction and movies is super popular all around the world. So that's. How he came up with this idea, and I think we spent、uh, almost half year to figure out what's the structure and what's the roadmap.、Um, like everything looks like because nobody ever、uh, did something like this before. So we actually interview a lot of people from the industry, right, from the、uh, university research institute. Uh, working on AI-related、uh, subjects and try to understand what is going on really、uh, in the field. At the very beginning, I, I think it's really difficult because、uh, we are totally have a different background. So he's、uh, he study、uh, computer science back in the day, and he's doing like all this kind of investment. So,、mm. but me, I'm more like an.、Uh, uh, Artist like a writer, right? So I work by myself. So it's like、uh, we need to adapt it to to each other. So it's like a lot of like、uh, back and forth、uh, discussion, debating about each stories, and of course we have to set up the tone. Like this book supposed to be very positive and telling the people about the real thing about AI and how to make the speculation. Of the future, and I think that's the right attitude we hold on to. So I think this is something we agreed on, and and we started from there. So it took us a while to like figure out everything, and and I think、uh, in 
and it took us two years to finish the book and and get it published.、Mm. What are some AI-related technologies you guys picked up in this book? Like、uh, from computer vision to natural language processing,、mm. deepfake, and AlphaFold,、um, like、um, protein uh, structure, uh, folding structure prediction. And of course, there's a lot of、uh, peripheral devices like drones and robots and autonomous、uh, vehicle. So I think everything we talk about is actually exist at the present, but we just push it a little bit forward, like how it will become、uh, in the next twenty years, and and it will totally change our. Daily life. Yeah, I think among all the technologies you guys mentioned, I think deepfake is the one worried me most. <laughs> But、uh, in your story, it's a kind of a happy ending, I would say. So, what's your opinion on this kind of godlike technology? How can we tell in the future what is real and like everybody can use deepfake to make some untrue things become a reality? What's your opinion on this technology? Right. So, so for now, you can still、um, like figure out which is real, which is fake,、um, with your bare eyes. But I think in the future, the technology will become very, very accessible to everyone. So it's more sophisticated and advanced that、um, with human perception, you couldn't. Distinguish which is、uh, authentic and which is like artificial. So in in that scenario, I think we need a new level of anti-defake technologies,、uh, just like what I describe in the、uh, fiction. So the major platform、um, like news sites and video sites and everything. We need to build up this kind of filter and to detect all the signals、uh, on very subtle level and maybe from the algorithmic、uh, and and coding level to to、uh, distinguish the two. And I think people they they need some time to adapt to the new reality because everything could be fake. Video, picture, audio, like even、um, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some real figures.、Um, it could be a, a holographic、uh, projection, but it looks super real,、mm. and it could trigger a lot of you know like uh, potential um, crimes and and you know so so this is something happening a lot in in the movies. But I think right now you can see a lot of fraud, a lot of this kind of cases. Elder generation they're easily to be cheated and 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 fell into some kind of trap like this. And in the future, we'll we'll all be like that. So it's a very scary scenario, and we need to be prepared、uh, from now on to design the mechanism and. Design how to protect all this right, you know, to protect our property and and privacy and everything. So I think this is、um, what I can see is definitely happening in the future. 
Yeah, I don't know if you heard the interview between Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, they made it online. Oh, this is so real, and uh, yeah, so kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the future we can、uh, let the dead people reborn. <laughs> sure,、mm. sure. Because for me, I I quite like a lot of writers. They were already died, like the Chinese one. Su Shi.、Uh-huh. When they make the Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs interview, they got the raw material from their previous recording. But for the people like died a thousand hundred years ago, we we didn't have any resources from them. <laughs> like how? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's possible to bring them back? Yeah, I, I think nobody alive really know how、uh, Su Shi talks and、mm-hmm. behaves. So all we can have is from the books, and maybe we can just build up a a a new figure. And but that, like he can using all these poems from Su Shi and and feels like him, but not really him. So because nobody really knows. But I think that the, the biggest challenge is those who we are very familiar with, such as Steve Jobs. And if you build up some virtual identity, just talk, behave pretty close to Steve Jobs, that could be a moral and ethical problem there because it might create a lot of confusions and also what's the relationship with him and the the、uh, still alive、uh, relatives and the offspring's. So that could be something very scary as well. True. Yeah, I think we also need get some moral code when using all those technologies. Yes. What kind of technologies surprise you most, and which one is your favorite? Um, GPT model.、Mm. Yeah, and and I'm using Mid Journey. I think it's based on.、Uh, Like some similar similar、um, model, like、uh, you can、um, trigger、uh, the aut- automatically generate some imageries by input the text prompts,、mm-hmm. and I think it's surprisingly good, and it can capture all these very subtle, sophisticated uh, emotion uh, in the text and transform it into a visual、uh, format. It is so powerful that I show some of my、uh, collaborated works with my publisher, and they they thought that this is so high quality and good enough to be the cover art of a book or like an illustration in the book. So maybe in the near future, like、uh, a lot of like human artists, you know, illustrators. Maybe just they are not at the top of the pyramid, but the average、uh, level, they might l- lose their jobs because like AI is cheaper, is faster, and is more diverse and flexible. So I think this is something really happening. And the question is, I、uh, like,、uh, do we need to draw a line? And and if if there's any kind of copyright issue behind the scene, because like all this data is from internet, like from the historical 
uh, portfolios life of all these very famous artists and uh, classic artwork uh, back in the day. So yeah. do we need to pay someone because we're using all this data to train the model? So I think all of this is still in the great zone and need to be figured out. Yeah. yeah. So I know a lot of writers and artists, they kind of afraid of AI. But in my opinion, I see when I create the article or imagery, I think if you have this artistic training, you can still do better than normal people. Like when you use a mid-journey, if you know a lot of art history, you, you know which errors this picture is from and the artist's name you can add into the prompts so you can generate, you have more information. Yes. Yeah, in the future, the, the current writer and artist shouldn't be afraid of these tools, but can leverage to help them create more fantastic arts. Yes, I think that's the right attitude. So you have to proactively embrace the new technology and use it to elaborate and uplifting your own um, writing or, or drawing and creating um, creativity uh, level so and and then we can come up with something uh, greater and it's like making the real impact because it can be appreciate appreciated by many many people so that's uplifting of the whole civilization. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the way we should do, not just to like reject it easily, like say, oh no, I'm just, uh, I, I, I don't want to use any kind of this kind of uh, new technology because we are already using all of those, like using your laptop, using Photoshop and everything and camera for sure. So there's no way you can reject um, all this um, new things from happening, but you need to, like, you, you need to adjust and adapt it to it. Mm, yeah, it reminds me when I was at Neocon, where you are speaker, and I met a illustrator, and he showed me his work. Like he the rejecting AI, he said, "Oh, we are doomed." Yeah. <laughs> so he drew an <laughs> illustration about how. Or artists uh, against AI, I find this very interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Nearcon, like what, how, how did you get into Web3? Like why a writer <laughs> being invited to be a speaker at a Web3 conference? Yeah, it's, it's quite unusual, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I met uh, Neil Stevenson in Austin, uh, Consensus this year, and I think that maybe there'll be more and more like uh, traditional Mm. writers and artists might uh, have the interest to uh, understand uh, Web3 and the creator economy because I think, I totally believe that's the the future. And to me, I think uh, personally, I I had this interest in crypto and Web3 for uh, quite a few years and I started to step into the industry. I think, yeah, in um, before pandemic and I did some early investment on some projects and also launched the NFT auction on TR Lab. Oh, okay. So that, that, that was 2020, um, like we invited um, a crypto artists from all around the world. Yeah. 
and they created uh, some NFT artwork based on the story in AI twenty forty one. That's such an amazing, fascinating experience because you can see how each artist they have their different perception and understanding of the story and transform it into another format. And it's super powerful because we got a chance to uh, engage with uh, a new group of uh, readers. Like even not every one of them like they used to read science fiction, but with with this new kind of artwork, we can um, have this kind of uh, AMA and book club on Discord and and. And exchange idea, and everyone will write some review and comments after each story and artwork.、Mm-hmm. So I think this is something we definitely should think about how to leverage the new medium as a way of storytelling. So because we text,、uh, I think it's not for everyone for sure. So a lot of people might not have the mentality and time to read through the whole book. But as an artwork, is very intuitive, and is like、uh, you can consume it, and you can appreciate it, like、uh, just like at the very first sight. So it 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 hits you or not. So it's very uh, it's very direct. So I think this is something we must. Like keep in mind that not only one way to tell the story, but one story can be adapted into many many different formats, and then we can create an even bigger audienceship.、Mm, so true. Yeah, I know、uh, the bestseller author Mark Manson, who wrote the subtle art of、uh, not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so he made his quote into NFT. And he established his private club. So you you need to purchase the NFT to access his private club、mm-hmm. and kind of、uh, build the new relationship between author and readers. Yes. So what was your practice to embrace this new technology? Or in Web three, you want to like build the new relationship with readers or doing some new experiments for writing. Yeah, so I'm I'm working on a mid journey to create some graphic novel,、um, mm-hmm. and that's the next project. And also,、uh, we try to do some experiment on this kind of interactive fiction. So that's basically like a a, a text mod. So you can have very simple、uh, imagery. It's not a very heavy.、Uh, Three triple A game, but it's like、uh, interactive. You can make your,、uh, you can select some options, and you can、uh, order the, the the characters to make the move or、uh, to choose different kind of like、uh, action. So I I think this is something blurring the line between、uh, fiction with、uh, game. So it's like a gamification、mm. of、uh, yeah. fiction. So I think this is something I I really、uh, I really in, have huge interest into because I think this is I think game is is the future. But the problem is game development is so expensive and you need a team and you need so、mm. many expertise 
and you need the technology, but maybe we can do it in a light way, like using Web3, using all this kind of uh, uh, existing platform. So that could be like everyone could create their own uh, version of game in the future. And that could be very powerful because and, and, and you, you can sell, you can, um, you can create all these kind of props and, and devices and characters in the game. And they are all kind of like NFT or digital assets. So I think this is something happening, and, but it's not ready yet. So this is, uh, I think, I'm pretty much looking forward to. Yeah, one of the story, my hunting idols you wrote in the AI 2041 is a mixed reality, like yeah. AR, VR, or XR. Yeah, I find this very excited. Mm-hmm. Like maybe next time when we record mm-hmm. podcast, we yeah. can just, uh, yeah, feel like we are in the same room <laughs> with all our virtual avatar yeah, yeah 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 for sure yeah and this game like the book would definitely trigger a lot of interest because when i was um browsing bilibili mm-hmm. which is a like chinese youtube <laughs> so there's this kind a lot of writers they start to bring the readers to participate into their creation yes like you can the readers can pick up which direction the character needs to go and change the ending. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting for writers like you. Yes. Yeah. And like you, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also doing some experiments. Very exciting time. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Chinese sci- sci-fi writers, Liu Cixin's name, I think that's the most well-known one. Sure. It's a three-body problem. Uh, yeah, a lot of my Westerner friends, they, they read it and gave a very high mm-hmm. complimentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that Liu Cixin's work is much focused on the far away universe or out of space. Yes. And you are more focused on the Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm, so can you elaborate on your philosophy regarding creating your science fiction stories? Even like three-body problem, there are a lot of like references um, uh, pointing towards the history and the present day issues. So I think uh, science fiction as a genre, it feels to me like uh, we just reflexively uh, projecting uh, the future, but uh, it's actually help people to realize the invisible problems nowadays. So because, and it can help you to shift a little bit of your perspective with changing the setting of the reality. Mm. For example, like uh, you can change um, the sense of time and space. You can shift a perspective from human-centric to maybe alien-centric or like there are so many other species, animals, mm. plants, microbes fungi and and it it with this kind of perspective shift you can see a new version of reality and it changed everything since then and and i think from that point of view science fiction is the most powerful cognitive tool that that it can 
um, reshape the reality uh, by reshaping our consciousness. So I think, for example, The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Marguerite Atwood, she wrote the book in 1980s, I think. So, but like, even it's not like uh, directly projecting the, uh, the, the situation in our reality now, but it using all this kind of metaphorical storytelling. So actually it's telling the same thing. So I think this is something why uh, science fiction as a genre can uh, come across the test of time and it can resonate with people from different culture, from different location and living in different time. And they can always feel this is, this is the story they relate to. And this is something uh, I, I really want to try because I, I think my thing is oh, it's just like a different. It's not about good or bad. So uh, I'm more focused on the near future, mm-hmm. and I, I really love to explore like maybe a few steps uh, uh, away from now, and to examine what might gonna happen like uh, on the social structure, on the humanity and on uh, the relationships and et cetera, et cetera. And also it's like um, reversely has some impact on the development of technology as well. So it's like a feedback loop. So it's create this kind of cybernetic uh, mechanism. Mm. So it's, of course, is is here, but I think we need to escalate uh, it to another level. That human consciousness is very sof- sophisticated, and it's not something just an objective. It's not like a machine. So there's something more uh, than we can fully understand. So this is something I think um, is a little bit across the line between science fiction and fantasy. And, but I think this is why it gets everyone so excited because we are pushing the boundaries a little bit further. It's just the spirit of science. We always have so many things unknown ahead of us. But what you can do is just push your comprehension, understanding of the world step by step a little bit further and then we can understand more how do you think chinese culture influenced your creation because i know when you wrote the waste tide you combined some chaoshan culture yes can you can you tell my listeners uh, <laughs> where is chaoshan and uh, brief introduction about your hometown where are you from yeah I was born and raised in a city, small city uh, named Shantou. We, we said it's small because the population only 3 million people. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah. in Europe it's not small anyways. Yeah, but in China. Yeah, yeah. and this city with the, there are other five cities around that area is uh, created this kind of concept called Chaoshan culture. So we speak the same 
dialect, we share the same、uh, traditions, and our people it was called the Eastern Jew <laughs> because they they adventurous and they would take the risk to travel so far far away overseas doing business, and they are very very.、Uh, Concentrating their their community and to, um, to to heritage their culture, language, and food. So you can see Chaoshan people all around the world in America, in Europe, in Africa, Southeast Asia, um, um, and like most uh most Thailand Chinese, they're from Chaoshan. So like eighty five percent of the Thai、mm. Chinese,、ah, okay. so I think this is something I didn't realize until I turned into like in my thirties,、mm. and because before that I think my culture is kind of very old school, and maybe sometimes is too conservative.、Mm-hmm. To me, it's not open enough, so I try to uh, uh, like uh, cut off from this kind of、uh, labels. But afterward, I realized, oh no, this is something existing、yeah. in my blood, in my lineage. So you couldn't turn away from it, but you have to accept it and and see、um, what's the uh, uh, vitality in there. And I realized this is something very in, in, inclusive and and very adaptive. And it's very、uh, lively、uh, in our culture because otherwise you couldn't fit into the different、uh, society or all around the world. You can make a living. You can create、mm-hmm. your own、uh, community. You can spreading all this、uh, culture. So I think this is something so profound. Uh, uh, Influence my writing,、mm-hmm. such as in waste time, we're talking about、yeah. electronic waste. And it's based on a real location, a small town,、uh, very close to my、uh, hometown. It's like sixty kilometers away. the The name in Chinese is Guiyu. Uh, means precious island. But the pronunciation in Chinese actually is the the same、uh, with Silicon、mm-hmm. Island. So that's what I use in the the novel. So basically, I criticize a lot of like、uh, the culture, the people, the value system, but also there are many potentials there because if you mobilize the people、uh, with a new kind of you know、uh, value and the new kind of technology, so maybe they will have this kind of power to reshape、um, the pollution polluted. Uh, environment and to uplifting the whole industry to the most to a most sustainable model. So that's something I really love to discuss, and I think is universally exists all around the world because of this electronic waste、uh, system. So I think this is something coincidentally happened in my writing career, but it led. Uh, let let me towards this direction to care more about this climate change, environmental issues, and how to like 
build up this deeper connection with the local uh, culture and traditions. Yeah, can you share some stories about uh, Chaoshan culture that outsiders <laughs> never know? Even for me as a Chinese, I'm probably not familiar with. Yeah, I mean, like there are so many traditions and rituals, and mm. and, and as a Chaoshan uh, kid, uh, when you turn into eighteen. So it means you you're becoming an adult. So we have this kind of old saying is like step out of the garden. Okay. So mm-hmm. So we will have very serious big ritual to do. Like you have to put on a lot of like very fancy, even in red color clothes. And you have to eat certain kind of food. For example, I think this is some sweet, sweetened eggs. So it's egg, but it's sweetened with sugar or something. And I think there's some ritual, maybe some family, you need to, uh, you need to do something with your elder generation, like your parents or grandparents, and they will give you the blessing like now you are, you are a adult. You have to be responsible yeah. for your life and for the people in your life. Mm-hmm. So I think this is something I, I, I didn't see it in other places in China. No. I'm not, <laughs> I really not realize that, that maybe yeah, uh, the people here, we share different uh, kind of perspective of life. And because we have so many rituals in our daily life, for example, every month we will worship uh, the God of the land. And every Mm -hmm. month we will worship the goddess of the moon. So I I, I really didn't see it in other cities, other areas in China, but in Chaoshan area. This is our daily life. So since kid, I experienced everything, but I didn't feel it's so different until I went to the uh, university. That that's where I met everyone from different part of China, and I realized, oh, China mm-hmm. is so huge. It has one point four billion population, and everyone is so different culturally. <laughs> and yeah. and I think that's how I um how I start to have this kind of um openness and, and inclusiveness because you have to res- pay respect to other be- not 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 like uh, you you uh, have this kind of bias or discrimination just because you are different. So we have to respect to all the differences. So that's what I learned. Yeah, there's so many stereotypes in China. For me, when when you mention, oh, you're from Shantou, I will say, oh, you, you are best for the beef hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you heard me from Shandong, you probably think, oh, people from there can drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
when I was traveling around the southern part of China, I see people like to worship the god. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. god you you mentioned. And mm-hmm. what do you th- consider that as a religion? Because so many people say Chinese people don't have a religion at mm-hmm. all. They worship thousands of different gods. I would say, yeah, it's religious practice, but I'm not sure if. Like it's a very systematic、uh, religion because we don't、mm-hmm. have church, we don't have that kind of dogma, but maybe very simple philosophy of living. So, yeah, we worship the god and goddess,、uh, goddess. But、um, I'm not really sure if this is some kind of religion. But I think we are people with spirituality, yeah, and we have our respect and 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 appreciation of the universe. So that's very Taoism. I think it's the mixture of Taoism and Buddhism. Yeah, when you create science fiction stories, did you find there's a conflict between the religion and the science? What's your thoughts on the relationship? Between religion and science, in the traditional、uh, perspective of、uh, science fiction, is all about science and technology, right? But it feels、mm-hmm. to me like、uh, myth, myth, like mythology,、mm-hmm. and also religion is also a way of interpreting the world on 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 certain.、Um, Level, so I think because our understanding of the world, of the、uh, physical world, or the in internal world, is evolving all the time. Like、uh, with、mm-hmm. our development of technology and experiment and everything, so I think is is I think they're both legit, just because、yeah. of the context. And I almost feel that they are sharing this as equal as、uh, the power of、um, like connecting people and to create this kind of consensus、uh, with with、um, this like belief system because science also is a belief system. So you 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 based on your belief. You make the assumption and you make the speculation. You try to get some proof. You can、uh, you can you can use the data from telescope and everything. I just visit CERN in in、uh, Geneva, so I think basically they're doing the same thing with super uh, uh, sophisticated、uh, machine to to find the. Smallest particle like we ever know, and and to examine all of their features,、um, what's the relationship with gravity and everything, and even they 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 create antimatter in the lab. So this is something it feels very very religious because we all try to understand who we are, where we come from, and where we are going to. So this is, I think, it's something deep inside that we human being we have this kind of like eager 
to persuade the reason、yeah. and purpose of existence. So I think to me it's not conflicts, but it's like different angles of the same of the same thing. So I'll put all of these elements、uh, in my stories,、yeah. and they can interact with each other, and and people can feel, oh, I didn't see like religious or superstitious、uh, from that angle before, but now you make me to rethink about it, and maybe something is real there. But we just didn't recognize it as science and technology yet.、Yeah. So I think this is what I try to do because in my、uh, during my childhood, it's always as mixed as this. So I experience everything, and I also like we have the latest、uh, video game and 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 all this kind of、uh, electronic devices. But the, at the same time, we have this kind of Shamanic rituals, and we have superstitions. We have ghosts. We have gods in our daily life. So it's like feels, it feels like just part of my life is、mm. my experience. So very unique, maybe. Yeah, when I grow up, yeah, I experience a lot of rituals, especially during the Chinese New Year time. So there's like shamanic dancing yeah, yeah, and yeah. what you need to do. On the first day of Chinese New Year、yeah. or second day, you need to follow all these rituals.、Mm-hmm. But before, I was thinking, "Oh my God, this so old traditions doesn't make any sense." But、uh, the older I I grow、mm-hmm. up, I feel like, "Wow, that's actually it's a kind of a connection between human and the universe." The the the, the dancing they're doing、mm-hmm. and the. The rituals, the like worship, the different kind of gods is、uh, quite interesting. I know in Chaoshan you must have a、uh, different rituals during Chinese New Year. Can you give me some examples? I think、um, yeah, because my family, my family、uh, is living in the city, so not not many rituals happening in recent years. But I sometimes I'll. I'll go to the village, the countryside, because many things, many rituals happen there.、Uh, like for example, Chuwu、uh, is like the fifth day of the、uh, Lunar New Year.、Mm. So they will have this kind of、uh, ritual, like like the whole village,、uh, the people will come out, and the the young man. Like they'll carry a huge statue of the local god, and they're running across the village to every family, and they will have the the bianpao.、Mm-hmm. I don't know bianpao how to say. They have fireworks. <laughs> the fireworks,、yeah. <laughs> and they will knock the drums, and they will have very loud、uh, musics, and everyone is so. Crowded, and they want to touch the、yeah. statue of the god and get some good luck, like a blessing <laughs> of the new year. So it almost feels to me like a, a 
carnival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it's like a huge festival. So I really enjoy that because you feel this is very authentic, and everyone is so happy, and everyone is so hopeful for the new year. So and you can feel this kind of connection between the people and with the supernatural、uh, beings. Yeah. So yeah, so this is something happening until now, like every year. So still. Yeah, same thing. We call it a poor wu, which is like、uh-huh. break the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fifth day of New Year,、uh-huh. and、yeah. we put the ancestors, the the name list of、mm-hmm. our ancestors, then worship them. It's、yeah. quite interesting to connect your roots. Yeah. Before I also have the thing you just mentioned. Like I, I don't want to tie my identity to my roots.、Mm-hmm. I feel like they all like old-fashioned, or I want to see the new world. But now I've, I feel it's embedded already in my DNA. I need to、mm-hmm. connect、For、all、sure. the culture, especially Chinese Chinese culture, has like thousands years of history, and there's so many、mm-hmm. ancient books and. That can inspire our、mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. So, what are some ancient Chinese books or school of thoughts you'd like to include in your work? I think two books I've revisited a lot in recent years. One is Dao De Jing,、mm, yeah. and one is I Ching,、mm-hmm. the Book of Change. Yeah. So, I think these two books is even more. Timely and important for now, and because it's Dao De Jing is actually basically talking about how to think and act beyond binary. So I think right now a lot of like issues, geopolitics, climate, and everything is、mm-hmm. all because we were trapped in this framework of going binary. So I think, like thousands of years ago, our ancestor Lao Tzu, he realized this could be a huge problem for our civilization, and he used this very philosophical, abstract, sometimes ambiguous expression to help us to think beyond that.、Mm-hmm. But、um, of course, it's very difficult for. Everyone to understand it, so you need.、Um, I think you need some、uh, daily practice as well. So I do meditation. I did some some retreats myself. And I Ching is an. It's almost like a like a fortune teller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like、uh, you can use it to predict. A lot of things、yeah. in your life, and maybe the life,、uh, maybe the future. So it's it feels like very science fictional to me.、Mm-hmm. And then there's something there as、uh, also about like、um, you embedded your subjectivity into your into the、uh, objective world,、mm-hmm. and you create this kind of you know predict predicted、uh, system is. Like a quantum computation process, yeah. Then you can get some、mm-hmm. very accurate results. So that totally fascinating. And and、uh, each time I I I just read the book and 
and it always gave me so much wisdom and so much insight uh, into the reality. So I think, um, yeah, maybe in the future we will prove that it, this is science, and this is new kind of science we are not fully understand yet. Yeah, I find this very fascinating. I changed my name when I was in secondary school uh-huh. because my grandpa he studied Yijing and mm-hmm. uh, he used this uh, uh, mm-hmm. science to change my name to Yixuan. And then my fate is changed. I don't know if it's uh, because of adolescent hormones change yeah. or whatever, but uh, I feel like, yeah, I've become a different person and my family's fate also changed. It's getting mm-hmm. better and better. I don't know what's the secret or power behind this. I just feel like, yeah, from then on, I feel like, wow, Yijing is very powerful and I want to learn more. Yeah. Totally. When we first met each other in real life, you, you mentioned your name also is from Yijing, right? Yeah, it was uh, like uh, advised by some fortune telling people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like uh, my people is very <laughs> superstitious. That's the thing we can't explain, but uh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> okay. It's doing good to me, so I'll believe it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also mentioned the psychedelic when we first met each other. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on that? Because, you know, in the traditional Chinese culture, yeah, people probably treat psychedelic as a drug or something illegal. But uh, I found it's very popular in Western countries. And I did a, a couple of retreats and I found, wow, it definitely helped mm-hmm. me with the creative works. So what's your experience with psychedelic? Yeah, I, I think uh, because China, we have history of opium war. So I think this kind of burden is still there. So like uh, we intended to demonize all kind of s- substances like with this kind of like, you know, um, uh, whatever is like hot drug or like uh, psychedelics, um, psychoactive uh, substances. But I think back in the, um, if you look back to the longer history in China, so mm-hmm. even like 4,000 years ago, our ancestors yeah. already used some kind of this uh, substances, like herbal substances for sure, to help them to get into the other state of consciousness, and which was a shamanic yeah. uh, experience. And all of those shamans actually giving uh, the, the, the direction, the, the, the prediction to the, to the emperor, to the society. Um, they predict the result of the war, uh, like the weather, uh, like the agriculture mm. and, and, and everything. So I think basically they, they function just like uh, um, what the technology uh, plays nowadays. So it's very interesting that we're, it seems like um, we are reconnect back to that part of the traditions like in uh, in Peru, like people using uh, Amazonia, uh, uh, ayahuasca, 
of course, with the help of shaman to get into this kind of uh, uh, state of trance. And of course, there's many, many other kind of psychedelics in Mexico and, and in Southeast Asia, in Africa. Mm. So I think it's universally exist. And now I can see a lot of like uh, scientific research uh, in the institute in the university to learn how to use yeah. uh, psychedelics to help the patients with de- depression, anxiety, and cancer maybe um, to deal with their uh, mental issues. So I think it's all like uh, depends on how we use it and what's the purpose of using all this kind of uh, psychedelic substances so i definitely believe that there there is a lot of huge huge potential there to help us to realize um we are not just living on flesh and blood we're not just a physical body uh we're not reductionism products but there's something like you know on consciousness level is so deeply embedded with the world, with the cosmos, with and entangled with other species as well. And psychedelics definitely will help us to realize uh, that part of the reality. I think that's the most important thing that helps us to build up this empathy towards other species. And that's maybe the way we uh, to um, solve a lot of problems. Mm, yeah. You know, when I reread Shanghai Jing, the classic of mountains mm-hmm. and the seas, I feel like they must have some psychedelic trip Then they can create all those uh, monsters or bees. <laughs> they must see something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who are the biggest influencers on your life, like writers or technology leaders or anyone? Um, it's very difficult to say, but I I make my English name Stanley after uh, Stanley Kubrick. Ah, yeah. So I think because he made so many great uh, sci-fi movies, not only sci-fi movies, but uh, across all different genres, and he's so visionary and so profoundly uh, reflecting our humanity and, 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 and civilization. So I think he's the one I'll always look up upon to and, and getting so, so much inspiration um, from. And I went to like the exhibition in in London um, yeah I went des- to as well yeah, yeah the design museum is mm-hmm. so fascinating and I learned a lot yeah like, I fun- cried fun. there yeah 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 even yeah. like he's a control freak and he's afraid <laughs> of taking all the flights and but yeah. still he's a genius for sure mm. yeah I feel like he was like a guy traveled from the future <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. so ahead of his time totally and, totally yeah. which one of his works inspired you the most i know it's hard to answer maybe a lot yeah i think it's 
2001 Space Odyssey because I rewatch it so many times. Like even every year, I watch it again. So because every time I I see something I didn't see before. So this is like a classic, all time classic. Yeah, for sure. I I told my friend if one day I can create one of like that kind of movie or book, I can die immediately. I have no regret. <laughs> do, do you also have these feelings? Like what kind of legacy you want to leave to this world? Uh huh. I I didn't really think about it because I think it's not decided by me,、mm, but、true. by the time, by the world. So all I can do is just continuously、um, create something I believe in,、mm. and I hope maybe just a small piece of all of those works can be remembered, can can be like、uh, you know heritage or be appreciated by. Our offspring,s if there is still some offspring,s in the future, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there's no like nuclear war,、mm. and yeah. I hope I can help people to think a little bit of what's the relationship of human beings with other species and with the cosmos, and to realize、mm. what kind of life and purpose they want to pursue. And and this is something I really want to do. Mm. I know that your works are very concerned about the climate change and environment. I don't know if you read the recent news. There's two environmentalists. They went to a, a national gallery in London. They put、uh-huh. a, yeah,、oh, the yeah, soup. Yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah, the so, sunflowers, yeah. right? So, what's your thoughts on that? Like extreme behaviors. To raise people's awareness <laughs> of environment. Yeah, I think this kind of、uh, extreme or radical activist is actually the previous generation of environmentalism. So I don't think it really changed anything, but. Maybe just another way, like、uh, it creates some, you know, misunderstanding、mm-hmm. of the problem and the focus, like blur the focus, because Van Gogh is not the one who created carbon emission, but all of those oil, you know, companies. So I think, yeah, sometimes maybe. It's just seeking for attention, but I think it's not a very mature way、mm. to doing so. So I think we need some more thoughtful action, and maybe with the Web three, with DAO, with the new technology, we can build up some、uh, constructive solution. So I think that's the right way to doing all this kind of like、uh, environmental activist. So so yeah. So I am putting my thoughts in my next novel. So I actually writing something 
uh, an organization called Gaia Dao. Oh, cool. So yeah, so it's like a new kind of like uh, environmentalism, and their action is basically happening in uh, virtual reality and maybe uh, with in the way of crypto economy. So this is more encouraging and incentive people to do the good things to our Mother Earth. So this is something I I would expect to happen. In the future,、mm-hmm. that's good. And last question: What's the meaning of life? <laughs> I just copy this question from、uh, Lex Freeman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think meaning of life or the purpose of life was given by the external world, but it was given by ourselves. It was defined by ourselves. So,、uh, from that perspective, I think,、um, to me, like personally, I think the meaning of life is to create and to play this infinite game. So you have to believe it's not a zero sum game.、Mm-hmm. So there's actually no competitors. There's no competition. You have to win, but、um, there's no win or Lose,、mm. but all you have to do is to uplifting yourself and to create as much as possible the 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 value to the to the rest of the world to the society.、Mm. To me, is like writing stories and、yeah. deliver delivering a message which I believe is correct、mm-hmm. and. And I think that's this the meaning of my life for now.、Mm. So I'm not sure if anything else would come up to me in the future. Maybe have kids. Maybe <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> going to Mars. But it's it's just some side products feels to me like、uh, the core of it is、mm-hmm. create to create. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think for now, for my meaning is yeah, create. And just explore my inner、yeah. self and spread the, my thoughts and the feelings to the outside world to connect with others. It's very powerful. So、yes. thank you so much, Stanley. Thank you. So if people want to know more about your works, where where can they find you? Um, they can find my works on Amazon, <laughs> and they、mm-hmm. they can、yeah. follow me、uh, on Twitter. So it's. Uh, by my handle is my name Chen Qiufan, and I have a website, but I,、uh, it's a very sketchy one. It's Chen Qiufan dot cn. So I, I I use Discord、uh, a lot. So yeah. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes so people can、sure. continue Thank following you. you. Thank, Thank you so much. Enjoy, Tali. Thank you.